It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Inside Sources. Where KSL offers Utah deeper insights on the news. Host Boyd Matheson divides rage from reason and elevates the conversation on issues crucial to our community. On KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. Well, the headlines on every major news network and throughout the socials and the Twitterverse have been focused on the federal court unsealing. The search warrant and the property receipt uh, from the warrant that was executed on former President Donald Trump's Mar-a-Lago estate earlier this week. And we're talking about restraint. Restraint always works. Instant certainty is the enemy of truth and it undermines trust. And so we want to dig in beyond the headlines. Why did the FBI want to execute a search warrant? How hard is it to get that done? Is this rare, run-of-the-mill? How unique is it? And more importantly, what is the path forward? So let's begin. Think you know the news of the day? Think again. Well, and I want the inside source to get to trust and truth and trust in the process. Uh, we go to one of our best inside sources, Greg Scordas, legal analyst and, of course, co-host of KSL at night and occasionally even sits in this chair uh, when we're out <laughs> and about. And, uh, Greg, thanks so much for joining us on uh, obviously what is a crazy headline day. Uh, but we want to step back from all of that kind of prognostication and really get into what does this mean and, and how do we have confidence in the process as we try to move everything forward. So first, kind of give us some of the the top line. We know that the search warrant has been unsealed as well as the property receipt. Uh, From your initial reading of that, what does this look like uh, to you? What are some of those early observations? Well, what's really troubling, Boyd, is that the the grand jury had subpoenaed uh, Trump for some of these records back in the spring. So a lot of people have sort of reacted and said, isn't a, isn't a search warrant a really extreme measure? And it is. But the, the same documents were subpoenaed, and they, the Justice Department felt that he wasn't complying with the subpoena, mm. that he'd held something back. And there was something in the documents that he did supply uh, back in the spring that led them to, to conclude that there were other items that needed to be found. And so they went and applied for a search warrant. They went to his place in Mar-a-Lago and uh, went in with the search warrant and seized, it sounds like boxes and boxes of documents. And as you just indicated, some of those have now been released. And we now know some the contents of some of those and the warrant itself has been released, which, as you said, is sort of a rarity because the FBI usually operates under such secrecy that we don't know about warrants. Yeah. And so as uh, we look at that, we know it's somewhere around 20 boxes. Uh, 11 sets of documents seem to be uh, the real target of all of this, classified documents, 11 sets. Uh, and just the breakdown that we're seeing, again, from the property receipts, that there were four sets of top secret documents that were classified that way, three sets uh, that were marked as secret three sets of documents that were listed as confidential. Uh, There were binders of photos. Uh, Not sure how that plays into anything. Uh, That's an interesting little sidebar. 
there was a handwritten note and the clemency uh, statement around Roger Stone and then some files that were simply labeled uh, info on the president of France. Also an interesting uh, side note there. Uh, so as you look at that and, and help our listeners understand in terms of the, the process, uh, one, why is it important that we have this property receipt and why is it important that we have this warrant actually out in, in the public now? So it's actually quite rare, Boyd, that we do have the warrant out in the public because they're they're often secret. But because this got such notoriety, the Justice Department, and it sounds like now even Trump and his lawyers have agreed, why not just release the warrant? I mean, everybody knows it's there. Everybody knows that there was a warrant executed. So why not just release it? And so it has been released. Usually you wouldn't expect that to to occur while an investigation is still pending. And this investigation is still currently pending. But to your to your first question, uh, the items that were that were found, whenever a warrant is issued, whenever uh, officers execute a warrant on a house or a business or anything, they have to leave what's called a receipt. In this case, they call it a property disclosure, which is essentially what did we get from the warrant? They leave that at the home or the business and they say, well, we looked in this drawer. We found this item. We found a gun here. We found marijuana here or we found papers here, whatever it happens to be. And that they it's called a property receipt, and that's what we're looking at here. And they say we found all these classified documents, including exactly what you just described, Boyd, which were some documents that arguably the president of the United States should not have have maintained. He should not have kept those. They're they're part of the public record, and they're not something for him to privately keep, and and more importantly, keep away from the public. Yeah, exactly right. And I think that's such an important part of this whole process and and of course the uh, the extremes on on both sides of the political aisle are are already raising funds uh, i mentioned just in the last hour uh, i have emails coming in from left and right cuz i'm on everybody's mailing list uh even though i don't <laughs> donate uh so those on the right are saying you know defund the fbi and the department of justice and uh the others are saying you know we need to immediately lock the former president up and uh you know be trying for treason uh and and i don't think that's where we should be uh, but from your legal perspective, Greg, what what should we be watching now that this part has kind of come out? What do you anticipate as uh, this starts to, to rock forward? So, so as the Justice Department, with the help of the FBI, is investigating uh, this matter, they will now look at the documents that were seized. They will now look at what, what the agents were able to get, and they may execute other warrants on, on banks, for example, or other uh, let's say maybe Trump's lawyers or something like that, if they determine that this has led somewhere else. I mean, every time you get a warrant, you learn something that might lead you to, to get another warrant somewhere else. If not, they will continue their investigation and, and then determine, based on the evidence they have, based on the items that they seized uh, with this warrant the other day, whether or not uh, civil charges could be filed, whether or not criminal charges could be filed, and who those would be filed against. So this is just a, a step in the process of an investigation by the FBI, a criminal investigation almost certainly, and it could lead to prosecution of someone. I'm not necessarily saying it's going to be President, former President Trump, but certainly they're looking at, they're looking at this, uh, this very seriously for the FBI to come in and, and execute a warrant on somebody's private estate. Yeah, and what I'm hearing from, from my sources uh, as we look at some of these things, the underlying uh, affidavit, of course, is the interesting thing uh, that hasn't been released. Uh, but we are getting indications just out of that warrant 
that their suspicion was around violations as it related to the Espionage Act, Espionage Act uh, or obstruction in some way. Any insight uh, into either of those spaces? No, but you said something really smart, Boyd, and that is that there's, there's, there was an affidavit that was submitted to a judge to get the judge to sign the warrant. So we have the warrant, which is basically just an order saying, go and seize these items. But the really important thing, the thing that everybody's going to want to see and which we will not get anytime soon, is what you just described, which is the affidavit, which is their probable cause statement. You go to a judge and you say, we want to search these, these, this place, we want to search for these items, and here's why. And it's the here's why mm-hmm. that I think everybody wants to know, and we, we just don't have that yet. But that'll be the, that'll be the pinnacle question in this matter. Yeah. Uh, great insight as always, Greg Scordas. Thanks for uh, jumping on the line quick with us today to help us break that down and help us keep perspective so that we can trust the process uh, as that all moves forward. Greg, thanks for jumping on with us. You bet. All right. Again, that's uh, Greg Scordis. And I always appreciate Greg's uh, very rational, very reasonable approach to all of those things. And again, there, there will be lots of wild accusations, leaks, rumors, innuendos of all kinds. Uh, and just remember, instant certainty is the enemy of truth and it undermines trust. And so restraint, restraint always works. And that's what we got to apply. I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new season three, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold season three, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts.